Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to Lady Audacity. I'm Alex. And if you guys haven't listened to the last episode, I would go back to to Prince Williams and Football Troubles to hear about why the wonderful and amazing Meredith isn't here. But after a two-week break, I am so excited to be back. I'm so excited for the things I have lined up for the next couple of months. And first and foremost, I am excited because a very special guest is here, a friend of the show, and just like my dear friend in general, Miss Amanda from Mata Fact. Hello, hello, hello. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited. There is so much to talk about. We've been blowing up one another's DMs about (laughs) the fun of the last couple weeks. Like I've always said, I like mess. And they've been getting us mess, haven't they? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting whiplash. Like, I don't know where to look. First of all, there's so much happening. But after the summer drought, I it's it's fun. I'm enjoying it. And I know you are too. It's been a joy. And I must say a lot of the imagery, the outfits they're giving us has just been very beautiful. So thank you. And even the attempts at being petty. If they're not good, they're at least very fun to laugh at. So we're very we can, happy. We can sip the tea. It's we're back. We're back, baby. We are back. Okay. <laughs> they have delivered. <laughs> so of course we have to start out with our banana articles. And this was actually really hard to choose just two. But Amanda <laughs> and I both agreed we had to cover one of our favorites that popped up this last week which is William and Kate are looking for a CEO. Any Anyone out there with a low ego? <laughs> not me. Definitely not me. I am not a yes man. I know that. So Camila got the scoop that they were going to be hiring a new CEO for a new posting at Kensington Palace. So a CEO is very much a new position for the firm. No one has ever had a CEO before. So obviously the words like modern and we even got what revolutionizing or something. Yeah. (laughs) Like like you you would think they would 
Yeah, you would think they would be looking for like a chief of staff, if not their traditional like private secretary role. But no, we went straight to CEO, executive level. (laughs) Executive level. So the article for Camilla is called Revolution at Kensington Palace as the Prince of Wales seeks a CEO. And for the subtitle, it says, as Kate and William appoint a CEO, we report on the boardroom changes at the firm. I'm just going to say really quick because I must point out these little things. The title is talking about how William is hiring a CEO. Mm-hmm. But then in the subtitle, it's Kate and William are hiring a CEO. It's just interesting when Kate is a part of these important decisions and when it is structured and told to us like William is the one who's actually in charge of these ideas. Anyways, <laughs> so she goes on to describe, because I would actually read from the job posting directly, but I can't find it anymore, like at all. So we're just going to rely on the quotes that Miss Camilla took from the um took from the job posting this is from her article she says describing a unique opportunity to join the dedicated team at kensington palace the successful candidate will need to bring a track record of strategic and cultural leadership in complex fast-paced settings and the ability to demonstrate core values of discretion humility integrity and diplomacy so such is the distinctive nature of the working environment that the 37.5 hours a week role will also require someone willing to serve as the strategic interface to Buckingham Palace, aligning William and Kay's priorities with those of His Majesty the King and Her Majesty the Queen. Can I just really quick, 37.5 yes. hours a week, that, that's what I've worked for like the past couple years. That means the Buckingham Palace is not giving paid lunches. <laughs> you have a half hour lunch and it's on your own time. my first thought was oh so i wonder if like every other corporation they're just trying to make sure they don't pay them insurance or anything i don't have working full time at the 40 hours i'm like are they like all the corporations too but also really only 37.5 hours a week it's very hard for me to believe they're not working 40 hours or more yeah maybe getting paid 37.5 37.5 but I mean I now. wonder I wonder if it's like it is a full-time position but it's 37.5 hours and they can get I don't know maybe overtime or something but I know we we know these palace positions don't pay that much I'm wondering what a CEO job looks like yes. of like a benefits package because is the benefit just you get to be around the royals <laughs> Well, exactly, because 37.5 is an odd number. So it feels like that number was chosen for a very specific reason. And I'm sure it has to do with things of like, okay, so we don't have to pay this and we don't have to do these type of benefits. Mm -hmm. But so what this all means and why it's kind of shocking is because traditionally the CEO is the royal. Like they're the person who's like the front facing role and so on. And it sounds like from this description, what they pretty much will be doing is taking some of the responsibilities that the private secretary has and even the comms person, but the majority of the power that notoriously a private secretary would have with a royal. Mm -hmm. Like that proximity to them, having pretty much the last word other than the royals and being able to like convince them to and sway them to go a certain way. I would say think of Simon Case. Simon Case was William's private secretary throughout the whole white men being threatened by Meghan era. <laughs> and as we know from Spare and the docu- docuseries and so on, that Simon and then you have Jason Knopf, who's the comms guy, and also Christian Jones had a lot of sway with William and Kate. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what this person's going to be taking over. Yeah. And again, 
it's kind of interesting. She also mentions that they are officially all of their work stuff is at Kensington Palace. She said that back office functions were still at Clarence, Clarence House, but they're now at Kensington Palace. So they are fully self-sufficient and they want to modernize the royal family. Mm-hmm. And she explains the move appears to devolve responsibility while sidelining the traditional role of private secretaries, as well as the communication chiefs who act as their media advisors. It may be a reaction to the fact that William's current private secretary, Jean Christopher Gray, a former civil servant, was only ever a second man. So if, like me, you don't know what that meant, <laughs> that pretty much means that Gene is on borrowed time. Like, his position and him fulfilling that position was supposed to always be temporary. On top of that, Kate still doesn't have a private secretary. Yep. She hired Allison Corfield to end up two weeks later saying, actually, I'm not going to take the position. Like, literally just said, no, actually, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So, we, yeah, we don't have anything there. So it sounds like the CEO will kind of help fulfill these spaces, although she does clarify that they will still have their individual private secretaries and their fully staffed press office. Yeah. I wonder if like the CEO title is is that effort to be more modern and maybe to bring some new blood in to the palace? Like, uh, you know, it's very businessy. So are we suddenly going to be very. running this this conglomerate <laughs> more like a business? <laughs> I don't really I don't understand. But maybe they have like a master plan in mind to restructure. The yes. whole thing. I don't know. And and I'll admit for me, because, yes, I like my Megan and Harry. I can't help but think, too, of how much of this sounds like a little bit like Megan and Harry and how they have built their own um, foundation mm-hmm. so and she mentions this because the words modern and how american which she, we all know was like a dirty word previously <laughs> this all is <laughs> so from the article she says as one royal source observed there's certainly a desire to attract people from a commercial setting i don't think they're borrowing from harry and Meghan, but people are going to think isn't this what the sexist sexist did in December, Harry and Meghan took full lead of their Archwell Foundation after Bandana Dayani stepped down as chief operating officer. Another suggested it was more of a question of the couple borrowing best practice from the private sector. Yet the House of Windsor has never attempted an appointment like this before. Yeah. So obviously the Meghan and Harry elephant, and once again, they will not give them credit, but specifically will not give credit to Meghan for the way that she has influenced them. Because when they're talking about pulling from the private sector, that's exactly what Megan did from the moment she stepped into that scene. Yeah. And also, you know what a CEO does? Wakes up at 5 a.m. and starts sending emails. Like, hello? (laughs) (laughs) And if they're going to hire another American like they have with Lee Thompson, you best believe there's going to be 5 a.m. emails. And they probably will expect you to answer them by 6 a.m. Also, (laughs) emails... Emails to a staff that we have just learned comprises 60 people. I had no idea. Why do you need 60 people? These are two individuals who have public images. (laughs) Why do they need a support staff of 60? I was very shocked by that. Yes, I was very shocked by that. And I mean, a lot of this... I mean, you can tell you guys we're throwing a little shade, but what's funny about this in terms of like how the real Rhoda is talking about this, this all you guys is Camille, Camilla, you know, she's a little bit of a turf. Well, actually she's a lot of a turf, but she's fully a royalist and she's always up William and Kate's ass. And I have to admit through this article, there felt like there was a little bit of shade throughout from her, just like a little bit of just like rolling her eyes. Yeah. I have a couple examples here. 
We have, with attention span shorter than ever thanks to the advent of social media, it is important that their work be as impactful, she puts this in quotation marks, to use a palace buzzword as possible. Yeah, it's That's shady. It's, it is shady. <laughs> we see like these traditionalists, whenever royals, especially when Kate try to do things to be more quote unquote modern, we see them throw a little shade mm-hmm. at like the need to modernize, like that that itself yeah is them pandering and like that they shouldn't stoop to that level. So like, I noticed that as well. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, like, and this is, this is the other one that got me cracking up, which was like shade. And unfortunately a broken clock is right twice a day. And I hate to say it, but I kind of agree with her here. Mm -hmm. So she says, but the couple might need to be careful what they wish for. But while the job description may call for an experienced leader with a track record of building high-performing teams, inspiring and developing people, supporting diversity and, and, and inclusion, and building a positive, collaborative, and professional culture, such a prestigious CEO position at the heart of the monarchy will likely appeal to a certain kind of person who might not resemble the progressive internal champion they're looking for, though this may not be a bad thing. So many trade turns. <laughs> Twists and turns right there, Camilla. <laughs> I know. And in just like one, just slightly, it feels like something is shifting that treating them like angels and not being able to touch them in terms of any sort of criticism or negative commentary. Mm-hmm. It's like, those are the bygone days now. Yeah. And I think they're a little afraid, afraid that in their need to catch up with Harry and Meghan, they're going to go too liberal. Yeah. And I that's mean, something you have to be very careful about. Absolutely. Um, it, I mean, it's the monarchy for Christ's sake. Um, but one thing I, one thought I had while I was reading this, and this is a conspiracy. This isn't like the, I didn't read this in the article, but I compared a tin hat foil crowns on guys. <laughs> um, I come from the museum world, and in the museum world, you will see positions like this get posted when they already have a candidate in mind, but they're obligated Mm -hmm. to post it publicly for, there's some rules and regulations around it. It has to like, somebody has to be able to apply off the street if they want to, but who's going to be applying off the street for this CEO at the palace job. So I'm wondering if they already have somebody behind the scenes who they've tapped for this role and the posting, you said it disappeared, the job listing. I can't find it anywhere. So I'm wondering, I cannot find it anywhere. Maybe it was posted for whatever uh, obligated amount of time. Camilla picked it up, wrote about it after it had already been mm-hmm. filmed. So maybe they already have somebody who does fit what they're looking for. This progressive internal champion who can also, uh, what is it? Inspire and develop people, whatever. <laughs> maybe they've already mm-hmm. got that right person. We don't know. Uh, yeah, and I just hope they were smart enough to try to at least appear like they're leaning out of their posh circle. Because I swear, if it's another white man, I'm like, you guys can't even do the damn basics. Because Camila does mention that this might be their response to the criticism criticism about the gray suits mm-hmm. that have been called out from Megan and Harry. And on the surface, that seems smart, but it doesn't eradicate the issue because, like, what stops this person from being a person in a gray suit, you know? So I definitely think this is them trying to modernize, but also respond to some of the issues that they can't, like, shake, which is how the system is set up. So I can't wait to find out about the new CEO. Let's hope they last more than two weeks or two years. <laughs> and on to our second article, Bananas Bananas, our favorite guy, Tom Sykes for the Daily Beast, got all sorts of scoops like the first week of September when, specifically when Harry was in England. OMG, people were upset. 
specifically Kissington Palace. So one of the articles we have to talk about is titled Prince William and Kate Middleton Sabotage Prince Harry's Invictus Launch. <laughs> this was posted on September 10th. Or actually, this was, yep, this was supposed to, no, I'm sorry, guys. Excuse me. That was posted on September 9th. Mm-hmm. So that was also the first day of Invictus. And this was also the day that the Good, the Bad, and the Rugby podcast came out with Kate, William, and Anne. And also the day that Kate was at the rugby final for England versus Argentina. Okay, so for our second banana articles, this one is from our favorite guy, Tom Sykes for the Daily Beast. So it is titled, Prince William and Kate Middleton Sabotage Prince Harry's Invictus Launch. He starts it with saying, Attentive followers of the Royal Soap Opera have got used to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle sabotaging Prince William and Kate Middleton's big set pieces in recent years. When William had an event for his charity, or his charity Earthshot in the diary in Boston last December, for example, up popped the trailer for their new show, Harry and Meghan. Megan's famous Are You Okay interview was released the same day as Kate set off for a tour of Pakistan. And just this week, minutes before William and Kate were due to lay a wreath for Queen Elizabeth II on the first anniversary of her death, an emotional-looking Harry was spotted paying tribute to his grandmother on an oh-so-casual visit to her burial place in Windsor. So I think it really sets the tone for just how weird and petty (laughs) this entire article is. And... First and foremost, first and foremost, the biggest thing that pops up here is the way that they're able to take so much context out of the events he's talking about. So William and Kate appear to be victims of Harry and Meghan. And I'm not saying, too, that Harry and Meghan may have never been like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to pop up. I don't care. You know, Harry has before in the years before Meghan even came along, had reported that sometimes he can be petty. And if someone's Mm -hmm. pissing him off, maybe he'll take a job the same day as his dad or William, knowing it'll overshadow them. Yeah, but things like the Are You Okay interview, which they're talking about there is a South Africa interview that was released not in their control, but even right. more so that wasn't Kate's solo tour. That was a Kate and William tour. I, I laughed so hard. I had to check. What? I had to check back and look, was that Will and Kate together? It was. I was Thank like, you. I was like. When did I miss them sitting that white woman to our brown country by herself? Because I know that has not happened. (laughs) That is not something they will do with Kate Middleton, especially, yeah, especially Kate Middleton. So it's just really sinister, too, because talk about reversing using the white tears against Megan. And now they're going to use Megan's tears against Kate and make it sound like that was like a personal dig towards her. Right. And also, I have to say, too, about the photo of Harry, that has been confirmed even by the Daily Mail and even a Daily Beast article that he wrote, another one. That was someone who was on the street and happened to see Harry took that photo. That is the only photo of him there. And that's the only reason we know he was there. Well, and people say that that photo is fake or AI because if you zoom in on it, it's blurry. It's because the person had to zoom in across the entire like street and sidewalk yes. outside of Windsor. Hello? Have we left That's reality? exactly how the photo looks from my cracked iPhone. Okay. It's, it's yeah. amazing that we get to blame Harry and Meghan for things that are outside of their control. But like mm-hmm. Will and Kate, we will make every excuse as to why things that are probably intentional are out of their control. And like it's so on display here. Very much. And yeah, and you can see how this is, they feed into this. The press feeds into it. And yes, I will say, I think Kissington Palace feeds into it because I think it's pretty obvious that Tom Sykes talks to people at Clarence House 
and he talks to people at Kensington. Mm-hmm. So he follows this up as he goes on to talk about the events. He says, well, the message from the Prince and Princess of Wales office Saturday was two can play at that game. As William and Kate torpedoed Harry's launch of the Invictus Games with the release of a podcast featuring them and Princess Anne. So this is obviously talking about the good, the bad, and the rugby podcast. And uh-huh. it did get two front pages. As in, there's one photo of all of them in the beautiful green room. And then again, this is the same day that Kate went to the rugby game. And I think it was the Daily Mail. She got a photo of her at the rugby game. So just kind of pointing out a little bit of exaggerations going on. So he goes on to say, in his interview, William praised the 2012 Paralympics as a huge moment for disability sport taking off. And it's obvious and it's obviously got bigger and better, bigger since then. In another world where interviews hadn't been given and books hadn't been written, it would have been unimaginable for William to not add. And it's so brilliant what my brother is doing in Germany this weekend. But of course, interviews have been given, books have been written, and instead of a warm endorsement, a slightly awkward sense of unfinished business hung in the air, all by briefly before the laughter and backslapping resumed. The podcast, needless to say, elicited much media coverage, despite the fact there was little said in the interviews that was newsworthy. In large part, this was because the podcast was not just an audio affair, a full hour-long video version with immaculate lighting and perfect sound of the conversation was posted on YouTube. It has the fingerprints of Pete and Williams' young and savvy PR team all over it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I will give him this. He is so right, though, about how beautiful that video was. Yeah, I it mean, was just them all in the creams and the grays with the green background. Like, gorgeous, okay? But, again, I can't help but feel like you guys are in a cult and you've tapped out of reality <laughs> because in one way is it good to brag that William will not talk about the Invictus Games where this is literally helping veterans. This is helping people with disabilities that are vets. It's helping this community because you're pissed off at your brother for personal reasons. That's mm-hmm. not something to brag about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like... <sighs> The the fact that William used to participate in the Invictus Games is what gets me. Like, he knows that they exist. He's been there before. Mm -hmm. And now he's just turned it into this elephant in the room because he can't separate the business from the personal. But, yeah, let's go on my... Let's part. Yeah, but let's go on our cousin-in-law's rugby podcast uh, that is not (laughs) ever... Has not ever been like officially linked to the palace before, and that's fine. That's not cashing in on the royal connection at all. No, and and it's funny because I do think like again we're flexed to be like, ha, we can try to overshadow coverage of veterans who like need help. But I will say in their attempts to do that, I will say this is by far the best attempt at doing it because this is something original. It is something fun. They, for one, were able to kind of, I feel like, respond to the accusations that Harry has made of the family being cold. Although I must add that throughout Spare and everything else, Harry has always presented the family as fun, too. I mean, the night before he found out his mother passed away, he's literally talking about playing in one of the rooms with his cousins. And he, like, kind of brushes his mom off on the phone because he's having so much fun playing with his cousins and his brother and stuff. But... This definitely, I think, is a response that they can be kind of cold because they're talking about like the rugby games they'll play out in the backyard together and the swimming days and being exhausted from playing sports. Um, and then you learn about Kate playing beer pong. I mean, after we've been <laughs> seeing Megan and Beyonce, obviously a little tipsy, dancing and having her fun. 
they definitely was like, Kate, you need to be fun. Right. <laughs> You're drinking right. that beer. Well, and also Mike Tyndall calls her competitive, which is so interesting. I mean, a little, a little, I like, well, what you're talking about. Oh. Right. I'm like, girl, <laughs> if I liked you, oh, you played that well, but I don't like yeah. you. So I'm like, <laughs> I get the sense that, yeah, they're like a fun family, but they're a formal family. Like Will and Kate are sitting three mm-hmm. feet apart on that sofa. <laughs> everyone has their own corner of this room and that's probably because they were recording a podcast with audio equipment but like it was it was so polished that like they're talking about doing fun things as a family but you're like with each other with the people in this yeah, room like, okay you guys together i i literally could not tell i could not tell from the vibes and the body language if we're gonna go there <laughs> He continues this on to say, and also one more thing though, and again with a little bit of sinister, and the fact that he will point this out, it's very obvious, and I'm not saying that these people individually have not talked about these things or focused on these things before, but I had said from the beginning that they were going to try to really hang on to something Invictus is about. I thought it was going to be more of the military aspect with the titles being given over um, their summer break, but it was sports. That's mm-hmm. what they really cling to to kind of like, see, we do this too. And bringing up the Paralympics where there's like really famous photos of Kate and William being cute, cheering people on and stuff. And then talking about how mental health, like sport is really important for mental health and community. It just very much felt like, yes, like they were trying to say, hey, if you need some, if you need to talk about that type of stuff, you don't need to talk about Harry. You can talk about me. I thought that this, the the podcast taping appearance release timing, everything, it was so genius mm. on so many levels. The sports mm-hmm. one being the most interesting because William just skipped out on the Women's Football World yes. Cup or final or yes. whatever. Um, that piece of it on its own would have been brilliant for them to then follow up with this. But then you also mm-hmm. have the Invictus Games, like for their own purposes, this was like yes. they hit it out of the park on like oh, a couple they different levels. Every single mark. But I want us every to just be able mark. to ag- acknowledge that. Like, let's acknowledge that it's mm-hmm. intentional. And if I say this was intentional, don't say, oh, no, it's completely coincidental. The The Rugby right. World Cup just starts today. That's why they did all of this stuff that they don't normally do and made this a special occasion. Like, exactly. Some, some people are just so unwilling to recognize that this is, it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want is us to be able to arrive at. Exactly. And it's like, this is really good PR, but they're not even trying to hide it. Let's be real here. Um, Because like you said, this isn't just about Invictus, but anyone who tries to say that they don't care about what Harry and Megan are doing or that Invictus was around, they absolutely did. Like this was, they announced they were going to the rugby final on September 4th. And this podcast, I think, was filmed like the next day on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So this stuff was very obviously all crafted very quickly. And it's like, speaking of what else, it was kind of, you know, crafted for you know because instead of being royals who lunch they are now royals who work and like you said william got a lot of crap for not as a president of the football association not going to the women's world cup where reminding you guys that football is literally the national sport of britain mm-hmm. so it's just like on all accounts he should have been there so this podcast their first thing back before well technically it was queen elizabeth but they're, they're let's just say their first thing back since the break was about sport it was about rugby sports and the power of sports what I found really interesting, this was definitely them more aggressively trying to say, see, we work, we aren't lazy. But what I think really just gets me is what they're ignoring here, which was the claims of sexism, mm-hmm. which was all over in the headlines, connecting him to the Spanish football, um, the president of the 
Spanish Football Association that had sexually assaulted that woman when he kissed her without her consent during the celebration and just like united Manchester standing behind a horrific abuser. Like he was getting roped into those headlines because of his choice to not go to the Women's World Cup and not treat it the same as the male's football team. So it's interesting to see them shy away from that, but also how they did finally respond to it because it very much was through Kate. You know, and Kate mentions in the the podcast that Charlotte plays rugby and football and how much she loves that and how important it is for those sports to be part of the curriculum, because I guess they weren't in the past. And she said how important it is for that to be a part of the curriculum, but especially for girls. And she talks about how it's important, or here's the quote right here. Charlotte's playing both the sports now, and it's really good to see youngsters, particularly girls, playing these types of sports now. I'm just going to say it's giving the dark green dress and black sash for <laughs> a red carpet that called to wear black for the Me Too movement. That's what it's giving. It's giving the half in, half out. It's giving this is just enough information so the SEO will drown out all the headlines about my husband being sexist. So instead, we can talk about how actually the Wells think female sport sports is so important to females. <laughs> Again, very tactile and well done. They covered a lot of bases, but don't ever think this wasn't on purpose. Don't ever think it wasn't on purpose. So yeah, to really yeah, for sure. <laughs> so part of them trying to overshadow Invictus or ride their coattails like you brought up, which I think was a really important aspect to this, is it always trying to overshadow them or is it just trying to make sure they're a part of the headline that they know Megan and Harry will produce? So, but one of the cringiest part of Let's Overshadow Invictus was when Kate showed up to the rugby, the rugby game for England and um, Argentina. She wore an all-white suit. She sported a new haircut and a new way she was curling her hair. And it just was so, oh, so reminiscent of, who do you think was, who did it remind you of, Amanda? <laughs> um, I'm going like, to go out on a limb here and say Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex. Okay, of her 2022 Invictus look. Yeah, like, yeah, actually, now that, well, now that you mention it, yeah, it was actually pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> but I don't know what you're talking about, Amanda. She has worn an all-white suit before. Okay, you now know, everything is about Megan. <laughs> I can't, I can't even do this. Yeah. <laughs> We're just so good at this. We get, like, we get an Emmy, we get an Emmy. I, it's too much, it's too much. I, okay, that's the thing. People will be like, well, Kate was actually the first one to wear an all-white suit. I'm like, yeah, a slim cut pixie trouser white suit with mm-hmm. a pop of color. The pop of color is what gets me because an all-white yes. suit, an all-monochrome color-blocked like look, that's Megan to a T. I'm sorry. It just is. It's, it's not about the items you're wearing. It's not about, well, Kate wore mm-hmm. that necklace to, to Charlotte's christening. She's owned that necklace for years. Okay. She didn't have to put it with a white monochrome oversized suit, but she did because Megan wore a necklace very similar in that Invictus Games appearance. It's it's the styling, it's the embracing of trends and all that they signify at very specific opportune moments. Mm -hmm. When we want to pull those images in of a modern woman who's at the rugby final on her own, by the way, um, we can do it. But when we want to, to shy away from everything that a white monochrome suit oversized jumping on the trends suggests we can also do that and that's that's where kate's style team they really get me because <laughs> they <laughs> exactly and it's interesting because a lot of this will come from people who at one point tell you that kate does not follow trends and i will say that right. she got 
trendy and trendy. it's trendy for gen z mm-hmm. it's trendy for gen z it's a little very much trying to appeal to the younger crowd little, guys i like her haircut but it's like a little shaggy it's not as polished and like mm-hmm. it's fine it's giving kind of wolf kai a little bit a little a little bit yeah. um she could have followed that Brad Mondo tutorial in the Kensington Palace bathroom. We don't know. Um, but but like <laughs> things like that, the the trendy haircut, the oversized suit, mm-hmm. hardcore royalists who jump in my comment section don't understand those trends and they hate them when it's on Megan. Yes. Because yes. they call the her sloppy. Especially. They call her sloppy. Mm-hmm. They don't understand why her shoes are trailing or her pants are trailing on the ground. You can't even see her shoes. Okay. You couldn't see Kate's shoes. Her trousers were no. trailing on the ground. Her don't suit... guesswork. Don't you be awkward, Zara. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, but like, I, I, it's the double standard once again for me. And the fact that yes. when it's Megan hopping on trends, it's it's somehow the devil. It's of the devil. But when it's Kate, mm-hmm. she's embracing the, the modern. And uh, that's where it's kind of dark and insidious for me. Well, and to, yeah. And just like, remember when you know megan wasn't allowed to have a bunch of luxury suits mm-hmm. how many mcqueen suits just miss Kate so many. and now and it, she has so many mcqueen roland murray a couple of those now that burgundy and the camel mm-hmm. ones which are also beautiful suits but like yeah. let's remember when they entered into her little closet database that i'm sure exists somewhere yeah and i'm trying to i'm gonna hold it for a little extra (laughs) bit for the patreon about my theories of uh, where those suits and who they're inspired by what exact cut they're inspired by later i i I need to stop myself (laughs) also can i add to going i have to circle back really quickly because as you were talking about like the the sexism claims for william missing the football final um Mm -hmm. an excuse that got like added in to like i think distract us from the sexism claim was oh well he's not going to take a private flight to australia for one (laughs) football match will and kate yeah their matches that they attended at this world cup were a day apart kate was on saturday william was on sunday they took two hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Two separate private flights to France. Two separate ones. Yes. For like a very very short appearance each. I'm very shocked by this. I really thought Kate would pop up with William at least. Yeah. And then the news, because in that article for Camilla Tomney wrote about the CEO, she mentions that Kate probably won't be going to Singapore for Earthshot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting because I'm guessing a lot of this too. I know what everyone else is thinking, but we're going to be professional here. And I'm going to say <laughs> and concentrate on the fact that I think a big part of this too could be that 
he's trying to establish himself as the Prince of Wales more like on his own and not needing Kate Shine. Yeah. But as we will talk about later when we get to his visit to New York, he does need Kate Shine. So yeah. interesting choices there. And yeah, from the environmentalism thing to just why would you guys not appear together for this? Especially when you guys knew that Megan and Harry were going to be all over each other for Invictus. Absolutely. And I'm going <laughs> to be writing... Hard. I'm going to be writing on that for my Substack, um, actually, hopefully today or tomorrow, um, because, again, I've been pulled in all these different directions. and I don't know if it's intentional or like a really big mistake on the palace's part. I don't know. Yes. Yes. So speaking of Invictus, <laughs> let's talk about Invictus, because my goodness, was that a really fun week of royal watching and a reminder that, yes, the royals are really missing out because man, Meghan and Harry can do a tour like no other. It was they so fun. They can do a freaking tour. Mm-hmm. And Tom hits the ground running. Like, they don't stop. And I love it. And especially, like, Megan, she got there, got off the plane, and not a couple hours later was at, you know, that private family and friend ceremony. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, she was with Harry for everything else. So just wow. And I kind of want to read some of the numbers. This is from the Invictus Games Twitter. Mm-hmm. So the Invictus Games Dusseldorf 2023 by numbers. There was more than 140,000 spectators. They were guessing 110,000. So talk about really meeting it and beyond. Yeah. We had 21 broadcasters, 800 accredited journalists, 431,710. Oh my God, I said that so weird i am sorry guys 431 million households tuned in we're just going with that yeah in 67 countries so it was a success and go harry because it's very obvious people do not want him to be successful and from everything i read about especially like the local news i love to look at the local media and the local news to see what they're saying about it and what they're picking up from being on the ground and a lot of it was just talking about how amazing the atmosphere is, how excited people are, how kind people are, and that it genuinely feels like a community. And that, like they're saying, at the games, it's just like high spirits and fun. And I just say one thing that's really stuck out, stuck out for me about the Invictus Games and seeing Megan and Harry go to so many of the different um, matches and just sit in the crowd, literally sit in the crowd with people. Because I was watching interviews and one of the guys who I think was the Australian team was like, next thing I know, Megan and Harry just sitting next to me and no one knew they were going to be sitting next to me and they're just chatting with me and watching the game. Um, I love that because of the images we get. And I think it's really important for us to see able-bodied people enjoying sports from disabled people and enjoying it just like you would watching able-bodied people play volleyball or basketball or something else, seeing that excitement, everyone like on the edge of their seats and like, who's going to get it? I love that. And I love... Just eat for vets, but in general, I love seeing um, sports being able to get that for like disabled people. It's really important. Yeah. I mean, Megan and Harry, uh, I forget which match it was, but they were just sitting in the crowd drinking a big old beer. Like, I love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It was Poland and Colombia there for their volleyball final. And like yeah. the photos from that, you can tell that they were cheering for different teams. Because <laughs> when like Harry celebrating me, it's like covering her face. I'm like, no. It was very fun. And that was also too when his friend Nikki, not Nikki Hilton, but I know his first name is Nikki. He was there, which is like his best friend from childhood. This was the day of his birthday. And that's also too when. The defense minister, not the defense minister, but something for like Veterans Affair of Britain. He also came and you can tell that Harry was very excited about all of these things. And yeah. it was really important to him. And I'm very happy for him. 
And let's just talk about now. I think the big one, let's talk about the fashion. Oh my God. Let's just like, let's get into it. Okay. Because Megan really did that for us. She She really did it for us. She gets a gold star. It was, I think part of what kept us so enthralled was the way she handled not only like the timing of her appearance, but like the image she was giving us during them. And like, Mm -hmm. as much as we want to talk about Harry and Megan, in a lot of ways, they're a regular normal couple. They're watching some sports, drinking a beer, cheering for, cheering for different teams, whatever. But they're also like this aspirational couple. You could sit at home and yes. buy the items. Alex, do you know how many people bought that cardigan from my stories? Hundreds of people. You lit, oh my God, when you showed me those numbers, I was like, first off, go you and your influence. Gonna, and second off, yeah. go Megan and her influence. Okay, <laughs> because, oh, wow. I mean... Yeah. She sold out everything from the sweater to like seven dollars for my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, factory desk. Like it was all price point. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, like you said, it got really exciting too, because it wasn't just what is she going to wear, but like how is she going to mix like the high end and the low end? Yeah. Like what affordable piece may I be able to get from Megan? And that it is something like- we can miss out from Megan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it felt like we were really watching a woman with an an incredible closet just pack a bag for a trip and then use things that she already has, things that she already loves, and put together Mm -hmm. this amazing tour wardrobe, tour drobe, if you will, Um, which is like something, don't we all want to do that? Like have this impeccable, beautifully sourced closet with pieces that we love that we can throw together in these beautiful ways. And I just, I was... Loving yeah, it. was a capsule moment. collection. Yeah. And like you said, shopping your closet. There were so many pieces. I was like, oh, this is like two, three years old. Mm-hmm. Like she had it or she found this second hand, which either way I love because the one back she was spotted with the pat photos when she was leaving. I think she was leaving England to go to Germany. That is like a bag that you have to get secondhand. And I love seeing that for Megan because this is something you can track from her suit stay. You can tell she loves to hunt down a really good vintage find. And I love seeing her still promoting that it's like when we see her in a, like a dress from etsy i'm like you're just like me well and also it was reported that she wasn't working with a stylist on this tour and she was doing her own in hair no and makeup way. every woman she, she is me it. she is me exactly. <laughs> exactly and when we talk about you know checking all the boxes and just really well done pr Bam, that's what I'm talking about right there. I mean, it was so exciting, too, for their team to be giving the media information so we know things, too. Like, where the bag's coming from. She's doing her own makeup and hair. Like, it was just like, thank you. No guesswork. You're just going to tell me, and this is exciting. (laughs) I'm like, I want to be excited about this, and I am. And I think what was really cool, too, um, because someone brought up, because we know last year for Invictus, a big part of her wardrobe was the luxury brands that she yeah. loves. Um, yeah. And I still wonder to this yeah. day if she at what point had a Valentino contract for certain events that she wore them. But anyways, it did cause distractions. And a lot of articles are just constantly being written about her wardrobe, wardrobe class and like blaming, pretty much blaming her for uh, for the media outlets not writing about Invictus. So like, how can we write about Invictus? Megan wore a thousand dollar suit. And it's like, mm, that's still your choice. But anyways, I ran into you know, the South Africa tour where she did a lot of affordable brands and she did a lot of shopping her closet and rewares where it was like, OK, you guys can't complain about my wardrobe like you did for um, was it Morocco or so many other previous trips like Ireland and stuff like that. You can't concentrate on my clothes like that. So you have to concentrate on what I'm doing. And that's what ended up happening. And for me, it also tells me like Megan can take sound criticism and that she can pivot when she hears it. 
And this very much felt like that for Invictus. Like, I'm going to wear all of these affordable options. And I do think, too, coming off of the docuseries on Netflix, it was also important where, like, you're seeing these people in war-torn countries and who definitely can't afford things like Valentino. So, you know, it speaks a little bit better to come in hot with J. Crew and, like, Stodd and stuff like that. So, and it worked really well because a lot of articles, I remember you see you're pointing out, it's like the Daily Mail still wasn't perfect, but out of the 60 articles a day, not, you know, 50 of them were just hating on her and talking yeah. about the cost of everything yeah. she was wearing excessively. It was like, oh, she's so inspiring. People are selling, wearing this. People want to buy this. And I was like, okay, Megan, two motherfucking Shay. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> and kind of like speaking of, I guess, things that are for the people that are there, William came to New York <laughs> for two days for his Earthshot Summit. And so the Earthshot Summit is like where they announce the new like semifinalists for the, like this year's awards, which will be in Singapore. You also see the winners and semifinalists from last year's awards. And it's like a place for, you know, like the politicians and people who are in the industry to be able to come together. And yeah. also just like a big media place, you know. Yeah. So all the media is inviting and they all get to talk. So Right off the bat, um, <laughs> so there is this Gallup poll, and we talked just about this before on Lady Audacity. It's the poll that's like, out of all of these um, political figures, who do you think could unite America? And out of like Putin, you have the president of Ukraine, you have Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Trump, who else is on there? DeSantos and like a few other people. DeSantos. William got the top slot. Whatever the motherfucker's name is <laughs> that I do not like, and I will not respect by learning his name. Anyway, I just I just call him Meatball Ron. Like sometimes Trump's yes. nicknames for his political opponents are a little cringy. I love Meatball Ron. Sorry, oh, he's so that's wrong. a tangent. But he's so wrong from just stop. I'm making a meme of this with his face. <laughs> I don't care. Ron yeah. ripping his shirt off. Oh my god! <laughs> but so that poll, I haven't really dug into myself, but you and Meredith did. And am I correct? Yes. The the question that was asked was which public figure could most unite the U.S. Was that right? Yes. Okay. It's unite the U.S. Yes. And and William got what sixty percent of people being in favor of him uniting the U.S. because he's an apolitical figure. Hello. Hello, everyone Literally. else. Everyone else in that poll were political figures. It was a partisan thing. So, first of all, I hate yes. polls because who are you asking? It's never a scientific yes. double-blind study with a random sampling. It's always who are you asking? Who is already frequently on? And this I can't website? find that information either. I can't because I'm also a little confused if like they ask people on like the Hill because they keep talking about like Democrats and Republicans. It almost sounds like they ask like people on the Hill, like you're literally working in politics or are you just asking regular people who identify as Republican or Democratic? You know what I mean? When they go. And I and I do get that too. Were Harry and Meghan in that poll too or just Harry? Was he in that poll or Charles? One of them was. Charles is in the poll. Charles is in the poll. And he actually got fourth, okay? So... I understand (laughs) that, like, including the royals as a trending topic, whatever. I do understand that high of a number being given to William because he's supposed to be apolitical. And the image that he's trying... He's trying to drive home this image, which ties into his New York visit, of being a quote-unquote global statesman, of appealing (laughs) to people the world over, which, like, for a prince of Mm. the UK isn't part of the job description so he's no, doing he's something not. very interesting with his 
with his role, with the role of being Prince of Wales, which hasn't really been done before. There have been like international cosmopolitan princes of Wales before, but like not to this level. They would normally come over, come abroad to party and then go home. Yeah, they're really kind of like Hollywood stars. You know, you think about what Edward, you know, um, Wallace's Edward, you know, Mm -hmm. he was just like this hot commodity, but he was hot and he partied. That's what they knew him as. Right. Intellectual playboy. A Prince of Wales visit to New York 100 years ago would have meant something very, very different than what Williams did today. (laughs) But I find it interesting, especially coming on the heels of that poll, which reporting is linking, basically, to this visit. They're making it sound like he's visiting New York because the U.S. loves him. Let's not forget this was his choice to put this event in New York City. During the week of the UN and oh NY Climate Week, because another thing that seems to be confused along with, you know, them saying that William was voted the most popular figure in America, which is not true, is people think that the Earthshot Summit is like part like a joint engagement. Yeah, like part of the UN. Yeah. And it is not. It is held just during happening. the week of yeah. the meeting of the UN General Assembly. Again, I think it's intentional. I think it's intentional timing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing to point that out. But William hasn't been invited to speak at the UN. That's not what this is. No. I think that's what the issue is here. Yeah. He had some of his friends, Bill Gates and Michael Bloomberg, bankroll Mm -hmm. this summit during the, the meeting of the UN General Assembly, which like is good timing. I will I will not like not It's very that. good timing. Yes. It's good timing. It's a good week to be in New York because a lot of other royals are in New York. Queen Rania, um Queen Matilda of yes. the Belgians, Crown Prince Frederick yeah, of Denmark. Yeah, the Prince of Morocco. Yep. So, yeah. A, a lot of people are in New York right now and they do a exactly lot. what William does. They have meetings, they get photo ops, they secure capital yeah. for their various projects. So he's not mm-hmm. an outlier here. They the outlier is yeah yeah the outlier is that he planned this event for himself to be able to network at <laughs> well yeah exactly it's kind of like where you go into like you, like so many things like this is nitpicking but you now this is like kind of where you go into media literacy from everything yeah. from how this poll is being talked about this poll happened on august 9th it's over a month old and we are this poll still keeps popping up everywhere and we're mentioning it right now because bloomberg mentioned it during his um yeah. like speech opening up the earth summit talking about and well you know and we've got william who can unite people because democrats and um republicans scan and they can't agree on anything you know max foster he wrote an article for cnn talking about this visit and I think it's part of the headline, but it's not like the first section is talking about how he was voted the most popular figure who could unite Americans. Yeah, like so this poll is a very big part of William's PR for New York. And that so it's interesting. And then again, I think it's just PR honestly for the UK more so, although I think he wants the you know British people to think he's loved in America more than Megan and Harry, because this is what this is also about, you guys. William and Kate hadn't been in America since like 2014. Megan yeah. gets married. They leave in 2020. It's been three years since. William has been there twice. Kate has been there once. William would have been there three times because the Earthshot Summit is like permanently being held in New York. Mm-hmm. So we can count on William being in America once a year now and most likely will come with Kate sometimes. So yeah. Very interesting. There. Which, <laughs> okay. Again, that's not a bad thing for his own image. Mm-hmm. But it's not. But it is very much a way to own to raise his own profile. I, I don't think the Earthshot Prize itself is particularly yeah. served by being hosted in in New York or the summit being hosted in yeah. New York. I think I, yeah, I, was... I think you should host the summit like 
the place that is easiest for all the finalists to get to because we're trying to reduce carbon emissions, right? Like, but right. it, it being in be New in York, because a lot of them, yeah, yeah. I don't it, know, but it seems to be over there. Let's just acknowledge it's so, strategic, not for the Earthshot Prize itself, but for Prince yes. William himself. And like you were saying with the strategic of having this, like it's not bad. Like him renting out a hotel, you the know, like room. the banquet hall at a hotel, yeah, ballroom and holding this ASMR. Like you said, a lot of people are going to be there. So it's easier to book people too to come yeah. speak. Oh, you're already going to be in New York for the UN and this. Come on over. But then you have an aspect with the media. Then the media can push that Earthshot is a part of the UN assembly when it is not. And then he can meet with the UN general secretary and it make it seem like he was a part of you know, UN week more than he was. Because I think it's very interesting too that he didn't choose to go to any of the general assemblies. Yeah. That is something he could have gone to. Many royals just go, you don't have to be invited and you don't have to speak at them. So the choice not to, I'm like, you're lazy. <laughs> you're <laughs> lazy. Okay. Also, can we, we talk about how, the books? Yeah, how quick this trip was too. It was two days. It was so quick. It was the 18th and the 19th, but he arrived like on the evening of the 18th. <laughs> and then on the 19th, it seemed like was just walking around New York trying to get pictures with people who were there for mm. Earthshot, or not Earthshot, for the yeah. UN before his summit actually took place, I think in the afternoon. And then he visited yeah. with the, the fire department of New York at the same time. Yeah, and I was very happy to see he got a little crowd too, finally. Yeah. But it was a very it was a very quick visit. And I didn't really understand it was that. So quick. Take New York by storm. Spend at least two full days. A New here. York minute. <laughs> yeah, New York day. Our Olsen twin over here. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of squeezed those two days in, like in the very small window where nothing else was happening. Invictus had ended. And then Charles and Camilla arrived in France today, actually, as we're recording on Wednesday. So Monday and Tuesday, William was the only one kind of out and about. Well, Kate was out and about, too, which I also find interesting. But um, it, William was out and about in New York, but he didn't really have the Royal Rota with him. A lot of people had been in Germany with Harry and then were going over to France with the king and queen. So William was kind of left with his own little posse of social media people, it seemed. Not much else. Sometimes perspective too for Invictus. Um, Matt Wilkinson, I think was his name. He's like the uh, not the editor of the Sun, but he is like one of their top journalists, especially for the Royal Rota. Yeah, he was not Invictus. I mean, just hovering around Meghan and Harry as close as he trying to like really a video of him just like looking over at him. Yeah, um, you have Chris Jackson there. That um, is the husband um, of Kate Stylist, who is also. I mean, he's taken he's taken all of you know, George and Charlotte's and Louise's photos for like yeah. the Christines and stuff like that. Very close family friend. Emily then, Nash from yeah, Hello was yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, Emily Nash was there. She was a big one. You had Victoria Ward was also there for Invictus. Mm -hmm. So they were split between those two. So pretty much his brother and his daddy <laughs> took all <laughs> the reporters and photographers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Kept them booked in busy. BuzzFeed. Yeah, he got BuzzFeed and he definitely got like local news and kind of um, like environmentalist like programs, you know what I mean? Which is like cool. But looking at the local media, it's quite funny. And he also oh, got he also got the U.S. based royal content creators. So like royalists who could make That's it to New York, true. they will always mm. go and try and spot a royal when they're there. 
exactly exactly. Exactly. like good morning americans good morning america segment you know what i mean like those little things but looking at the local news was pretty funny because for one he was supposed to meet with the mayor the mayor was supposed to meet him at the fire station house that got canceled like five minutes into the visit and i will say that is embarrassing for william but at the same time i have to think someone must have been happy someone i hope on a scene was happy that got canceled because mm-hmm. the mayor's very controversial i think he yeah. just made some really nasty comments about immigrants too so i understand on one thing you want to look important so you want to be seen with the mayor of the place you're visiting and so on but it's like really william you saved yourself again it's an asshole no one likes him <laughs> like that that kind of enabled him to hang on to that like apolitical image because I yes, he yes. he released this statement when he landed in New York or whatever and <laughs> in it he says no one does optimism and ingenuity like the American people and those are two values that he's hanging on to with Earthshot which is inspired as we yes. know by JFK's moonshot program based An on optimism. American. The optimism and ingenuity <laughs> of the American people. And it's like, oh, okay, gosh. those are values that we can celebrate now that you realize you need mm-hmm. us. But when you had an American <laughs> offering you those virtues at, on your home turf in the palace, you passed them up. It's, right? it's She was uppity and annoying and bully. <sighs> it's okay, like, it's but now it's a positive. It's I, very the, annoying, which is why... I, I loved hearing that when he had that crowd outside the um, the fire station. Because it was a crowd, y'all. It was a crowd. Okay, like, we got to give William props. Because I think the New York Times wrote up about his visit for, I think it's like the clams or something like that. The oysters. I'm absolutely. Yes. The oysters. Thank you. I actually, and that is no just to that organization. Because I talked to a couple people who are from New York and said it's a great organization. So love yeah. to them. Yeah. But the New York Times write up pretty much said the media was told to stay far away from him. And I have to read the headline, oh. Alex. I have to read the headline. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. You mentioned the oysters, and it reminded me because he, he William met with this organization that is like what repopulating the oysters of New York to clean the water. Great. He yes. showed up. He put these waders on that, like you could tell, they ended at like his nipples. But the Daily Mail's headline is so unhinged. I have to read it. All right. This is me quoting. This is not me saying this. William the Hunk. (laughs) William the Hunk is back. Prince of Wales earns new legion of admirers as he wades through water, again, in waders that go up to his nipples, (laughs) and dons a baseball hat on charm offense of America, charm offensive of America. As fans say, his status as a reborn sex symbol is complete. What in the world? And well, I will well, say, song, the why one thing Harry's a sex symbol? Now, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I saw people commenting on was how tall William is when he was meeting with these yeah. crowds outside the fire department. And he is very oh, tall. Ladies. But he's just a dude. I'm so sorry. Ladies. This is like Austin from Southern Charm. Just because he's over 6'2 does not mean he's good looking. Stop it. And I would Stop not it. call it a charm <laughs> offensive. He went on a ferry. <laughs> He did visit he went on a ferry. He, he visited the rainy, you know, person. Rainy, for rainy beaches, oysters, fire department. But it's, like, I wouldn't call that a charm offensive. I wouldn't call that being a hunk. No. I'm so sorry. And Just especially when it's being like it's being reported that all the firefighters were asking about where your wife was and that you wouldn't answer those questions, which I thought was hilarious that they noted that he wouldn't respond or comment when asked. Which made me wonder, 
Go ahead, go ahead. What is going on? Oh, no. Okay, yeah, sorry. And one more thing it was saying, too, in a couple of these write-outs, and this isn't just one write-up. This is more than one. It was saying that the people, the crowd of people saw all of the police around and hovered over, and a lot of them were either asking where Harry was or where Kate was. They thought it was Harry or Kate was there, and then were disappointed to find out it wasn't them. And we're like, but where's Harry? So I'm sure you love that bit. But I found it so interesting that Kate, Kate was out and about on Tuesday yeah. at her own engagement in London yeah like and I was wondering I was like is the Kensington Palace social media gonna gonna cover them both and they did so like you had yeah. people posting to the same account from opposite sides of the pond I wonder was there talk of that or are we just ignoring the fact that people's attention can only be divided so many places like uh, and yeah especially when this is how they act like that when it comes to like Megan and Harry I mean that entire Tom Sykes article is pretty much making it sound like there's people only have an attention span for one royal and yeah. since there's a podcast and no one can pay attention to Invictus so it's kind of like if that's the truth then why would you have them out because you know damn well Kate will always trump William but I mean I can't help but think they want I don't want to be seen as too like a power couple that's also strong individually I don't know I just am so perplexed at them not traveling together or being seen with one another when they're like in the same area i it's yeah. like what is you trying to like emulate with your brand here with that and i know the the tinfoil crown conspiracy theory is like they are i'm sorry i'm just gonna have to say it there's there's rumors yeah. that they're separated there's rumors that the reason they bought a fourth home was so that they could each have separate private residences and the separate appearances would track with that theory if that's what you want to believe. But there is also yeah. another option, which is that as Prince and Princess of Wales, Prince Charles and Diana had their own causes. They made their own appearances, even during the years mm -hmm. that they were somewhat happily amicably married. <laughs> so yeah. it, is, it is entirely possible that we are just trying to establish separate power brands for each of them and then they will come together and do the power couple thing when the occasion calls for it but we could still be seeing yeah. that, that reshuffling of brand of image after the passing of the queen <laughs> which by the way yes, yesterday yes. yesterday was one year since the state funeral of queen elizabeth ii oh, yeah. Tuesday, and we didn't really acknowledge it we acknowledged yeah. collectively the day that she passed away a year from the day mm -hmm. then everyone just kind of moved on and got back to work when I, I found that surprised. I found it yeah, very no, that's surprising. And well, even the okay, so you know, it was September eighth. Um, mm -hmm. she died, and like William and Kate are out. Charles and them went out and stuff to celebrate the papers for September 9th, I only think two of them featured girls wow. out and about. One of them they shared is Kate and William. They shared with Harry, and the other one was just a shot of Kate, and they called her the Duchess. Too, which I noticed. So I was very surprised about that. I'm like, damn, there's only like two front papers that covered this. What's yeah. going on? Are the coverage, appetite? <laughs> yeah, the coverage Mark, has very yeah. much not been like wall to wall. And it's been very, as I said, divided between the different yeah. palaces, the different private secretaries, each briefing the media, it feels mm -hmm. like. So it's just fascinating to watch it unfold now that we're like, yes, the work. Because I feel like that's not even just about the current worlds we're living and like they just can't get those headlines, but more about people's like um, appetite to want to grieve Queen Elizabeth II. Like mm -hmm. maybe it's also her, like people just aren't as interested in grieving her. They just don't care as much anymore. I also think that's like part of it. You know what I mean? Like we got so much other crap to worry about. Why do I want to talk about the $10 million funeral? Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
that speaks to the strategy of, remember last year I had like a full mental breakdown during that 10 day stretch from when she died to the funeral because it was nonstop, nonstop coverage. And at the time I remarked like, this is the strategy, get it, get it all out now, overwhelm you and then transition. Mm, That's so true. Transition to the next one. We are in a new era and that's what keeps the monarchy turning. We're just looking forward. That keeps it going. Exactly. Like we gave her her respect. She got mentioned in a few speeches about how she would want us to keep moving forward. But it's King Charles time now. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Bruno waited. My man waited. Okay. So he deserves to just keep trugging along. Okay. His neglectful mother passed away. He has had a complicated morning time and now he's back at work. And he's like, sorry, mama, stay back in the coffin. I got this. Yeah. But. He's in France now with his lady Camilla. Um, Camilla, you look on the peak. That she looks so good. Oh my gosh, she looks so cute. I was like, oh, look at you. As as we're recording, they have just arrived in France. We're waiting to see the state dinner at Versailles, which is the funniest freaking thing that we're going to do a state dinner at the Palace of Versailles. But thanks, because like, isn't the president of France also like major in political water right now for all of the shitty decisions, including like intense Islamophobia and stuff like that? But you're going to go to Versailles? Like, no one thinks sometimes of these people. I'm they need like, to hire us. They need to hire us. I don't know. You guys, I like, probably, I mean, you'll hello? have to actually pay me, but <laughs> I'm supposedly on the Sussex dime, but they don't pay very well. They pay zero, so. They gave me a J. Crew sweater, and that was it. Yeah, I got one sweater. All I got was a J. Crew sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on. That was amazing. And oh, thank you for coming on. I was so nervous. Like, I was so nervous. I was like literally hitting her up like, God help me. But we That's did it. Fault. It was I'm so just, much fun. I'm so thank bad you. at planning, but I always knew we would be sitting down to have this discussion because there was just so much to dish about. I, and I, I, loved. I was like, dude, we have to have this discussion. Like, we need to have a Kiki session. Only me and you can do this proper, <laughs> do this right. Okay. Yeah. Kiki, pull out the pop culture references and drag these people like they deserve. Whether it's good or bad. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, definitely find us. You can find the episode on Spotify. You can find it on Apple or anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. Don't forget that I have a Patreon. And this month, I'm going to be covering the Queen's Mother. And she's already a delight, wink, wink. And the media coverage around her is already very interesting. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You can find us on IG, Lady Adocity, and the same thing with TikTok. Amanda, please let the people know where they can find you. And please talk about that Substack because, girl, you are killing it. That book list that you just put out is amazing. I've already um, ordered one of them, and now I just need to find, like, the fiction book I'm going to read. I have to be good. I can't buy five books at once. Like, I wanted to from that list. Good. Yeah. So I am on TikTok and Instagram at Matta underscore of underscore fact. Matta is my last name, M-A-T-T-A. Um, I also am on Substack. Very recently, I launched my Substack, which is called The Fascinator. All things just like the royal curiosities and conspiracies that enter my brain. I'm going to dish about there in like a written format. Um, Some of that stuff is going to be like things I would make a video about, but the video would be 10 minutes long and no one wants that. So (laughs) I'm so excited. I just put out reading recommendations. I also want to just talk about culture in general. So you can subscribe to that um, from my Instagram, from my TikTok. um, But also if you can, I think, search on Substack. 
the fascinator. Um, also, a little quick plug. I do have a podcast of my own called Art yes. of History. If you want to break from the royal drama, we talk about art and we talk about history. And you'll learn something. Really I good. promise you. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, it's really good, you guys. Really good. Thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Thank you, you for guys. Pinky is up. Thank you, Zap. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.